Have you pressed play? Good job. Welcome to episode 4. I am Umberto Di Cinove and this is Get the Bug. A podcast that explores the question, what if insects are the next game changers? Welcome back to Get the Bug. As some of you already know, I am a documentary photographer and a filmmaker, and I'm collecting material about the potential role of insects in environmental and social challenges. If you are listening from Europe or the US, just to name a couple of places, you are or were probably thinking, are you trying to convince us to go out there and eat a scorpion instead of a pizza because of the environment? And you are Italian, technically this is treason. Or can't we just wait for the classic post-nuclear scenario to do that? Like in the movies? At the same time, you probably know insects are considered a delicacy in many countries. They have been part of human diets in Asia, in Africa and in Latin America since ever. And they are nowadays eaten by millions of people. And I know this is not enough. But Let me continue. Of the 1 million known insect species, only around 2,000 are consumed by humans, and most of those are just collected. So the process of farming insects has a huge worldwide potential that we have to explore in view of a growing population. Agriculture is expected to fall 40% short of the world's food supply needs by 2015 when it's predicted the population will be close to 10 billion. Insect farming can be part of the solution. And for that to happen, a lot of barriers have to be faced. And one of them is building, or in some cases rebuilding, the perception of insects as food for animals and for humans. Perception is the word. Also because if it's clear that feeding animals with insect meal could, for example, free land for food, At the same time, it's clear that directly eating insects would be far more efficient. But no doubt we have an aversion to insects. But why? I discussed this topic with Mackenzie Wade from the Department of Anthropology at the University of California, Santa Barbara. Mackenzie Wade is a cultural anthropologist and she developed a course on food system education through edible insects. She also created an Instagram page, Santa Barbara Bugs, a community co-creative space to learn and share information about edible insects. She ate her first insects, buying them in a pet co, so a pet food store, after reading about the impact of livestock industry on the environment. And I say all of that because I, it describes the McKenzie approach, an approach I do like. First-hand, pragmatic, pioneering, and community-oriented. And remember... For an introduction to the Get the Bug podcast, don't forget to listen to the Get the Bug special episode. Your, your talk here was about edible insects and food system education. One of the keywords for me 
was co-creativity. So um, let's start from the beginning. When did you start working in food system education and how did it begin? Uh, so I actually started in 2013, so kind of a while ago, and I started farming mealworms in my college dorm room. So I was in undergrad and I had a roommate and a bunk bed, and I was really into this idea of eating something that could bring me away from the traditional livestock industry, which I had been learning a lot about in an environmental anthropology class. And so I got some mealworms from Petco and I started raising them and cooking them in the dorm room kitchen. My roommate was really freaked out at first, but then she tasted the cookies that I made and was really on board. And I just started um, creating all kinds of baked goods and giving them to people around my university. Yeah. And, and, and I like your approach. Too, too often we became aware of, of a problem and, and we wait for others to do something. But I interrupted, please. All right. So I, my work takes me both to public-facing audiences and also in the academy. So I am the person behind the booth who is sharing insects with people from children to older people. I do also a program called Cooking with Critters where I have taught uh, Girl Scout groups the impact of livestock industry and just how they can eat insects in their daily lives. So I work with a number of different groups and I also teach a few courses at UCSB in Santa Barbara. So some anthropology courses, but I also developed a course called alternative foods, alternative economies to engage students at the university level for thinking about the food system in a different way through insects as a case study. I used to do something that was very traditional anthropologies. And insects was just something that I did on the side. It was sort of a hobby. And because I was so deeply in anthropology, talking to people about food systems, I began to see that the thing that I did as a hobby, something that was very much on the side, was also extremely related to my anthropological work. So I, I kind of took this to be my PhD research. And I actually study the U.S. edible insect industry as a cultural community. So I study the people, like the academics, the industry folks, educators, all of these people in the U.S. specifically who make up this cultural community of people who are trying to convince Euro-American publics to eat insects. Yeah, it's great. Students can have a course like Alternative Food, Alternative Economies. Makes me think that California is still the place to be. And no doubt I want to, to come back to take pictures for my photo book. But now tell me more about how you teach this topic, because I, I suppose it's something that new that you had to develop your, your own way. I use two different systems while I am teaching publics and students about the food system. And one is the fact that this education is sensory based. So it involves actively consuming insects, eating them, also thinking through not just insects as this uh, case study that is very hypothetical, but something that people can really engage with, with their bodies, with people around them. Um, so that's the sensory-based side. And then I also strive for something that's very co-creative. So I'm not the person who has all the answers, but instead I create this space for students to engage with their own personal thoughts and feelings and experiences, and also to bring that to the table with other people and to talk about different potentials for food, the food system, moving forward, also by thinking about the past as well. Yeah, what I found very interesting is 
is bringing in the, the cultural anthropological perspective. And probably this is because of my background, but I consider it crucial. Cultural anthropology is also really the study of power. So it's concerned with the relationship between structures of power and human agency. So we think about the individual and the individual's lived experiences, their tastes, their feelings, their thoughts. And we think about that in relation to these broader structures. So things like families and governments and economic systems, we can think of these as structures that influence the daily lives of individuals. And we can also think about the food system and food perception as itself a structure that influences the way that we perceive the food we eat and the way that we actively eat. And there's some important concepts from anthropology that's really essential when we're thinking about insects as food. So on the one hand, food is symbolic. So food isn't just something that we put in our bodies. It's not something that just fulfills hunger. And also what we consider to be tasty, disgusting, or even just good to eat, these things are learned and culturally perpetuated. So if we're looking at the edible insect literature, if we think about media and how insects are portrayed, people really tend to use anthropology to justify insects as food. But if we really look at, at anthropology, if we look at the way that insects have been talked about in the discipline, it's pretty rare that you actually see insects as a subject of, of discussion. But something that we also really have to step back and look at is just this, this general narrative of insects as food that is put forth a lot in media, but also in academia as well. And there's a real big need to reframe that narrative and to think about different anthropological perspectives that can be brought in to create that reframing. Yeah, that's definitely true. And as I was saying, maybe it's, it's another time because of my background, but I think the role of media and more in general of narratives is huge in our way of thinking. Insects are obviously portrayed poorly in media, but it's not just insects, but it's also the people who eat the insects. And when I ask students and members of the public about this question, the words that they use to describe people who eat insects include poor, primitive, starving. They often talk about people living in the dystopian world or uncivilized. So these are very racially charged words. They're not something as simple as um, to, a way to describe people who don't like eating or who like eating Brussels sprouts. And something also that, that's relevant is students often think, well, uh, we are human because we ate meat. And meat is something that is central to, they even say, like, to our DNA. And so these are, are really firmly held beliefs that students come into the classroom with. So like that one and also just um, the fact that eating insects is like weird and primitive. These are things that people truly believe and to, they come in, they engage with this way of thinking, and then they're introduced to new ways of, of recontextualizing their, their thinking and, and their framing of insects as food. So we really start by thinking, okay, what do you already hold? What, what are these biases that you hold? And then we slowly start to transform them by digging into these topics. So not just naming them, but also really going into them and reading the literature, reading also very diverse authors that are often not included in the canon. Yeah, at the same time, I suppose that even if someone is thinking we are human because we eat meat, other students will bring the, the vegan vegetarian point of view. 
Yeah, that's great, actually. So I am a vegetarian. I am mainly a vegan, actually, but I do eat insects. So it's always a really great question to bring to students and say, because a lot of my students are vegetarian, like almost half of them sometimes because of the place that I am I'm living and teaching. And so it's a great conversation to have because many of them are vegan or vegetarian for environmental reasons. So we can take a step back. And this is also true when I talk about the process of individualizing the experience and then creating this co-creative learning experience as well, because students can bring their own ways of thinking, like what is ethical consumption? What does that mean to me? Um, What does it mean for me to put something in my body? Um, They can think about the different parameters that they construct and that their society constructs as well. So that's a really constructive way to think about um, about this topic. And students will say different things. Some people will say, no, insects are animals, which they are, and therefore they are meat and, and should not be consumed. Um, but many students like me, they rely on more environmental parameters for thinking about the food they, they eat. So they would consider eating insects because of the sustainability benefits. So some of the prompts that I use to engage students in the question of should we eat insects Um, We talk about complicating these categories of good food that our society has constructed. We rethink why we eat what we eat. We use these two things to really consider the agro-industrial food system. And then we also brainstorm food system change by thinking of insects as this case study. So the first place, like I said, that we really have to start is by thinking about ways that insects are talked about in the U.S., And then I group students into groups and they talk about why this aversion to insect eating may exist. Some people rely on talking about biology. So some students will say, oh, well, it's just ingrained in in human biology. Back to that, it's in our DNA that, uh, that we just are averse to eating insects. Some people will talk about geography Some students will say, oh, well, we developed agriculture and um, insects then became seen as pests. So people have have different assumptions about why this aversion may exist. But often students kind of create these two different camps. Some create this idea of nature versus culture. So nature is something that is seen to be rooted in the real or the material world. And culture is something that often is very hard for students and publics to grasp because it's something that's very much just like up in the air, something that is hard to really pin down, hard to show that is something uh, that's cultural is really rooted in the real life experience. And that's where disgust comes in as a really effective teaching tool in thinking about the relationship between culture and something like biology. Because if you're eating a burger and the burger is super, super tasty, it's like your favorite burger in the world, and then you were told that that burger was horse, maybe you would eat it, maybe not. But then if you were told that that burger is dog, most people, not all, but some people would choose not to eat that burger. And some may actually have really uh, real physical reactions. Maybe they'll throw up or they'll feel woozy from eating that burger because of uh, this perception of what the meat is. So the taste itself didn't change at all, but our cultural perception of what that meat was did change, and that creates that disgust. So it really shows just how related culture is to our physical bodies, our physical reactions. I, I also refer to hamburgers when I, when I talk about edible insects, because when most people think about eating insects, one of the first images that pops to mind is probably a disgusting one, like 
eating an entire raw insect as it is. But if we think about eating beef or pork, we think about hamburgers or sausages. And as you said, it's not the taste itself, and it's also not the appearance. People eat shrimps. They don't look so different from a grasshopper. But well, let's stay on the perception and how insects are represented. I, I already discussed in other interviews the fact that this representation doesn't just influence our behavior, but also who is or was normally eating insects. Yeah, so I actually have a good friend who moved to the U.S. Um, from Cambodia. And when I say moved, she was forced into the U.S. during the Cambodian genocide. And when she arrived in the U.S., she moved to Long Beach. There's a, a large population of Cambodian people in Long Beach. And she was told, never tell anyone that you've eaten insects by members of her community there. And they told her, even though this was something that she grew up eating, it was one of her favorite foods growing up, she was told that this is something that you would be looked down upon for and something that's disgusting and gross and you want to try to fit in here so you could never tell anyone that you uh, were, quote-unquote, primitive enough to eat insects. So it kind of shows just how that it exists in people's lives. Okay, but so if, if I get it right, this friend of yours is still eating insects from her traditional cuisine. So in some way they have to be imported in the USA. Yeah, so there is kind of this underground trade of insects. Um, also, people from Oaxaca, there's many people, many Oaxacanos in California, and there's this whole network that has emerged, but it's very much kind of underground. So I don't know if you're familiar with Facebook Marketplace, but like Craigslist, a way to sell things online. Um, there's this network of people that drive up from Oaxaca throughout California and they sell insects like chapulines or um, escamoles all throughout California, a lot of the, the farm worker areas. And the same thing, yes, with um, with the Cambodian uh, community, they, they find ways to incorporate insects into their traditional cuisine. I actually have a friend who farms crickets for humans in Iowa and she, I think it's a, a, a community from Laos in her local area that buys a lot of crickets from her. Yeah, you know, you are doing a great educational work and I'm working on my photo book and doing this podcast, but maybe it will be the hype of any internet black market to make edible insects uh, more popular. And how cool would that be? Because it's it's not coming from, you know, some like hipsters in San Francisco that started this product, but it's coming from the communities themselves who say, yes, <laughs> welcome to finding this product because, I mean, we've been eating it for, for a very long time and it's a big part of our cultural cuisine. So if it came from those communities themselves, that would be fantastic, the best way. Yeah, you're totally right. But with my black market thoughts, I interrupted you again. Yeah, so we're talking about the people who eat insects and how the people are often portrayed. And they're really portrayed as the other. So insects are a food not for me, but it's the food for the other. And we see that edible insect aversion is very much a product of a colonial history. So European colonial presence, it directly correlates with a loss of traditional insect consumption. And you see this in the way that food perception is imposed alongside many other things that are imposed alongside colonization, including cultural, economic, and food production system imposition. It's really important to reconsider this narrative of insects as food and to really pull in the anthropological perspectives 
And that helps set the stage for really understanding the contextual history of the agro-industrial food system and of just edible insects as a whole as a topic. And it also really promotes an important discussion about how we got here and looking to the future where we're going. So you listen to the conversation I had with Mackenzie Wade from the Department of Anthropology of the University of California, Santa Barbara. I didn't say we met in Canada at the Insects to Feed the World 2022 conference. So during the interview, I was referring to the talk she did there. Don't forget to visit the Instagram page Santa Barbara Bugs and to subscribe to Get the Bug and share this episode with everyone you know who cares about environment is curious about life science and anthropology, spends a lot of time on the internet black market and eats shrimps. And if you know someone who does the last two at the same time, they are perfect for Get the Bucket.